Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
If you have your Bibles today, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to go through uh, the first 18 verses there. We'll look at that today, uh, some selected verses from that passage of Matthew. We've been talking about Jesus' ministry on earth over the last three weeks, or three uh, meetings. We missed last week because of the the large snowstorm. That was uh, a record breaker, I, I understand. Uh, it certainly did incapacitate for a few days anyway. Uh, hopefully you got some good reading in. Amen. Amen. Got some scripture Bible study in. Had plenty of time to do that. But here we're going to talk again about a discipleship message. And every time I go back through the Gospels and read what to a a Christian who's been a Christian a while should know by heart and understand and in certain ways we do, but I find myself with more head knowledge often than I do heart knowledge sometimes. and I get my own toes stepped on when I go back and read these again. And I think that's good. You know, and we should have a humble attitude toward the Word of God. Today I want to talk about having proper motives. And Jesus addresses this issue here in Matthew chapter 6. Can you imagine the compassionate heart of Jesus? He continued to reach out to sinners just like you and I, who by our own ignorance and their own ignorance and weakness became enmeshed in a web of sin. You know, it's seemingly by nature we get trapped by that which we cannot help but be trapped by. It's our own sin nature. But yet Jesus went out of His way, as we should as well, to find that lost sheep and bring them back to the fold. But you know, He also gave, and this we cannot overlook, sharp rebuke to those who spoke of religion, made a show of religion. And they did things for the wrong motives. He dealt with it head on. Without <coughs> people, you know, they do that today. They they like to put themselves on display often without uh, practicing what Jesus actually taught them to practice. We need to have church proper motives. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord today. Lord, I thank You for Your people that are here today, my brothers and sisters. I thank You for all the little children, the babies that are here as well. Lord, You love all of us, and for that I'm so grateful. Father, minister to each person today. Speak into each one of our lives. I pray, O God, personally for Your anointing as pastor of this church to minister to Your people, to do what I cannot do in and of myself. Lord, speak to us today. Open up the eyes of our understanding. Enlighten us. And Lord, help us to put into practice Your Word in this life, in us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. First thing we'll look at today 
is our motives for helping others. How many believe helping others is a good thing? That's a, that's a, a Christian thing to do. Amen. Praise God. I thank God others have helped me and do help me. And uh, I like to think I help others as well. Amen. We want to be uh, uh, helpers in blessing other people because we, we like to be blessed. Amen. But in Matthew 6, verses 1, let's begin to read there. Jesus says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father which is in heaven. Take heed, or pay attention, Jesus is saying. Do not, when He says do not do something, do you believe He really means that? Yeah. Yeah, He said do not your alms. That's a King James word. What does that mean? Don't, don't answer. That's a rhetorical uh, remark. What does it mean to do alms? It, it it's actually would relate to giving or acts of charity to others who are in need. Giving alms. It often meant an offering for those, uh, a handout to someone who needed something. Hello? He says, don't do your alms in front of men that you may be seen by them. What would that indicate? Someone who would do that? Pride. It would indicate, hey, look at me. I'm somebody. Look how special I am. I do this. Look what I'm doing. And let's, let's read on here. He says, don't do that to be seen by men. Otherwise, you have no what? Reward from your Father which is in heaven. Well, that passage tells me something that's really, that's really astounding. That, that number one, there are people who have need that other men can help. That tells me that. But it also tells me that there's a proper way to help people. And Jesus is saying, don't do it in front of others, but rather do it privately. And not only that, here's what's cool. Your Father in heaven will reward you openly. How many like to be blessed and rewarded by God? Come on now. Amen. Those who do things for a show are, are getting their reward right then and there. Men will say, well, look what they, look at that. Did you see what they, that's their reward? That is. But those who do it quietly behind the scenes, the Father rewards them. And God can show other people their lives and say, and others will say, man, they're so blessed. Have you ever, you ever looked at other, others? I know you wouldn't do that. You're all too spiritual for that. <laughs> Y'all would never look at others. And say, man, I wish, I wish we could be blessed like that. Or that that family so or that couple that or that they're so blessed. You ever wonder? Now, no, no, the ladies don't don't be ladies be shoot, shooting those laser eyes right at me, knowing yeah we all all ladies think come on we know we think like that. You can be. You can be often, and of course that's envy if we if we say I wish I was. This person, or had that person, or did you know? That's a different message, okay? But 
You can be blessed when we walk according to God's principles in our lives. Amen? When we have the right motives in our heart. Motives, what is a good way, a word for motives? Say that? Intention. Our intention, what's your intention? You ever come, come around somebody and you're always, we all know people like this. Of course, no, no, nobody in here like that. <laughs> you're wondering what, when they do something, you're wondering what, what do they want from me? Or what, what is their angle? Basically, what is their intent? What is their motive? But there are other people, I know many, and many of you right in here, I know that when you do something for me, and every uh, there are people in here who have done things for me per- personally, and done things for this church personally, quietly. And I know their motive. Their motive is they love the Lord, they love the church, or they love the pastor, and they want to help in any way they can. And their motive is pure. But we all know people who, or maybe we've done it ourselves, you ever given the boss that gift on Christmas to try to get a little closer to the... I think I need a raise this year. Maybe I'll uh, buy him that new golf club that'll push it over the edge. How many know that's the wrong motive, maybe? <laughs> Might have a right desire, you need a raise, but maybe the wrong way of going about it. Somebody say, oh me, if you can't say amen. But we, do, we need to have proper motives. And that's what Jesus was dealing with. And look at verse 4. He says, your alms may be in secret, that they should be in secret. In other words, and now the word alms is kind deeds, especially gifts to the poor, the sick, orphans, etc. Alms. Uh, you have tithes, what's that? That's off the your 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 income. That's a tenth. That's what the word tithe means. Then you have offerings, what's that? That's a, a gift offering to the Lord. And then you have alms. That's what you do when you're outside going about you. You may help somebody. Give. I, 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 I told the story not to brag on me. You understand? I mean, it was several, couple months ago that I gave a man some money that needed some prescription uh, medicine. That would be called an alms. Alms giving. It wasn't connected to the church or an offering or a tithe. It was just something I gave to try to help somebody. That's what the Lord's talking about, alms. He says, do it in secret. And your Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know what? Now, we're not. I'm not talking about in the church. I'm talking about just in the world. As a Christian, just as a believer, God sees everything we do. And He wants to reward and bless His people. How many believe that? And when we do things that are motivated by the spirit of kindness because of what He's done for us, and we see a need that we can help, God wants to reward you and bless you. And He'll do it openly. Openly. You know one of the most powerful statements made in Christianity comes from a Roman Catholic woman. Does anybody remember the name Mother Teresa? A woman who, I think she was in her 90s when she died, right? She was 
she might all I remember looking at her when I was young, she was kind of a wrinkled up, you know, a little prune looking woman. Pretty little lady, but just looked like a prune. But this one lady, this one gal, helped so many children, dedicated her whole life to serving others and giving others. And you know, God has rewarded her openly. Because when you say Mother Teresa, I don't think anyone in here doesn't know who that is. She's one of the most famous people that's in the 20th century. You think God's blessed her? Well, she's with the Lord now. She, we know she's blessed. Amen. Come on now. But, but what a blessing by giving to the poor. She gave her life to the poor. <clears throat> kind of reminds me of Peter and John. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. Amen. She was sort of like that. She didn't necessarily have to give money to give, but she gave her life. What an alms to give. <clears throat> Somebody say amen. amen. So there's two, two motives in helping others. Either we do it for the honor and praise of men, or we do secret acts of love that God alone sees. And He promises, I'll reward you openly. Do you know you, you and I cannot outgive God? There's, there's just no way. There's no way. And he'll be indebted to no man. You know, we, we read in the time of the tribulation that is yet to come, at the very end of the age, Jesus separates the, the sheep from the goat nations. And, and he says, when did you feed me? When did you clothe me? He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. So, almsgiving is important. And our motive should be because of the fact that God has blessed us and we would seek to bless others. Amen? And, and Jesus chided the religious of His day. I look back. <laughs> I will give you a story. I'll show you how there's a fine line for everything. Churches can be very religious. And they can also play upon these improper motives. Okay? We were involved many, many years ago, and my wife and I were newly married in our 20s, and the church that we were going to was involved in a building program. If you've been around Christianity any length of time, you've been around churches always wanting to build something bigger and better and newer and so forth. <clears throat> and the, the motivation to me, this is a perfect example, and this is an illustration closing my first point in my message. Is the pastor said, you know, we want everybody to give a certain amount, and, and when the year is up, if you've given over—I can't remember what it was—a thousand dollars for that year, you will get a plaque with your name on it put in the foyer with the amount that you gave. Now. In my text I just read here, does that does that fit in that text properly, do you think? That's bad motive, isn't it? And I remember the pressure of being a young man. I believe I was making five dollars an hour. If you know what I mean. To a, a five hundred or a thousand dollars back then would have probably been like five thousand today. You know what I mean? <coughs> Excuse me. 
But I felt pressure. It's you 
conversing with the one who created you, God. And it is done in secret. Now, why was he saying that? Because the religious of his day, and of course, we would never, we never do that in the Holy Ghost Pentecostal Church. We would never be religious like these Pharisees. Oh, God, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! <laughs> hallelujah! Let me give a 30-minute message in songs here. Glory to God. People are like, I can't wait to get out of there. That guy just won't shut up. Do we do that stuff today? Let me see if I can out-pray the other guy. I've actually been in an early days. You all, you all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Been in the early days of Pentecost. Somebody give a prophecy. I'll just give them one twice as long as that. Glory to God. Show who really is the... Huh? Is, is that right? Is that have a place yet? No, it's ridiculous. Why are people turned away from churches that do something? It's not. It's carnal. It's fleshly. You know, we don't need to push put on a show. We go to Broadway for that. Hello, I buy a ticket to the to Ringling Brothers if I want to see a circus. Oh, come on now. Prayer is, is conversing with the Lord and it, it's talking to Him. It's consistent many anything. Praising Him, talking to Him. We'll get to that as we move along here in a few verses. But notice He says, don't use vain repetition. It's sort of like... i got two examples i give you. And the first one, you all will shout. You all will shout me down because you know what I'm saying. Because we don't have we don't have no Catholics practicing in here. My, my mama, my mother-in-law is a Catholic woman. I love her dearly. Really? Yes, she is. She's a dear dear woman. Goes to mass every week. Doesn't miss. But when they've committed a sin or they they feel they've done wrong, they're to say a certain amount of hail marys or our fathers. You got to repeat the Lord's prayer over and over again. To be absolved of your sin. What is Jesus? Jesus is telling us not to do that. Okay. Now, now they forward that into. And everybody's like, we don't do that stuff here. We're not like that Catholic folk. We don't do that stuff. Then the Pentecostals be like, you just confess enough, and you speak over your finances, and God's going to bless it. Don't say nothing negative. You know, you just speak over and over again. God bless, I'm healed in the name of God. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed in the Just say it enough and poof, it'll it'll poof, something will happen. Right? It's the same. He said, don't use what? Vain repetition. Do you think God's hard of hearing? No. One is like an empty prayer being recited as if something within the prayer is magic itself. The other is your own working up some type of effort that somehow God will do what you want Him to do. Neither one is correct. We're to talk to the Lord. You know, God knows what you have need of. 
even before you ask. But we're still told to ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Amen. Now let's read on. It says, when you pray, don't use that vain repetition. But here's how you pray. And again, religion and man has messed this up badly. But look what he says. Our Father, which art in heaven, he said, after this manner. Notice. Hallowed be thy name. What's the first thing we're to do? <clears throat> is to give God His due. Hallowed, holy is your name. Holy and separate are you, Lord. There's no one like you. Great is the Lord. Magnify Him first when you enter into your prayer closet. Secondly, notice he says this, Thy kingdom come. And what's Pastor Jerry been talking about in all these last several messages out of the Gospels? It's all about the what? The kingdom. Bless God, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to live in heaven. No, you're not. Not if you're a true believer, a true Christian. Heaven is not your goal. But the old hymn we sing is, is heaven is the goal. No, no, your goal is the resurrection and the kingdom of God. For where Jesus, how many believe in the rapture? For where Jesus is, where will we be? So shall we be with the Lord, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Where's He going to be? In the kingdom, where's the kingdom going to be? It's coming to the earth. So that's the second thing is praying for His kingdom. Now see, this is an important word because if you and I look out at our world, our society, and no one in here just popped into existence. We've been here a while. And even our youngest here, except for the babies, you've seen change in this world. And it's not all been for the good. You hear of things happening, disasters, natural disasters. You hear of people wanting to go to war and Muslim terrorism. And, and, and that no one likes that if you're a good person, right? We don't want nothing to do with that. But if we focus on the... Somebody says, oh, that's, that's, that's mind over matter. Y'all Christians just trying to isolate your snow. No, there's a real kingdom coming. And, and my hopes are pinned on that kingdom. And on the king who's coming to set up that kingdom. Amen. So that's what he said to pray like. He said, pray, Father, you're... We're to hallow His name, but that Thy kingdom would come and that His will would be done on what? Earth as it is in heaven. Where is His kingdom right now? It's in heaven. He's building members of that kingdom on the earth. Some have died and they're with Him waiting in heaven to come back with Him. But His kingdom is going to manifest on this earth just like it is in heaven. Hallelujah. And that's what we're to pray. We're to pray about that. Amen. This is a pattern He's giving us. He says, Give us this day our daily bread. We're to pray for our needs. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We owe people and they owe us. We're to be forgiving. And though He says here, Lead us not into temptation. We'll face that in life. Trial, test, temptations. Deliver us from evil because evil's around. Evil's present. For thine is the what? I think he's trying to get something across here about we're citizens of what? The kingdom. Amen. And the power and the glory forever. Amen. And notice he 
he sandwiches the what we call the Lord's Prayer that we take completely out of that. Right? This is context here. We take it out of that. And we re- what do we do? We make it a vain repetition. I guarantee you, every person in here, if I said stand up, let's say the Lord's Prayer, you would say the Lord's Prayer. Why? We were conditioned that way. Is, is it a sin? No, no, I'm not saying that. But that that would be like teaching a parrot. A parrot can have, have a talk. Does the parrot really talk? I mean, he's just reciting something that he's been taught. No, this is there's meaning behind the Lord's Prayer that he wants us to know. And, and we're to pattern our prayer life after that. Our motives in prayer should be the kingdom. Just like Jesus' was. Lord, I pray for that person. You know, they've been giving me a hard time. They've been, you know, treating me poorly. Lord, I pray You save them. Lord, that You add them to Your kingdom. I don't want an enemy. I want them to be a brother. I want them to be a sister. Somebody say, come on now. Now look where He sandwiches this is at right here. Verse 14, the very next verse. For if you forgive men their trespasses your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. Why? Is that, is that in connection to prayer? Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. If you don't forgive men of their trespasses, God will hold it on you. You don't know what they did to me, preacher. Does it matter? You, 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 you don't know how they treated me. Well, how, did, how did our sin treat Jesus? You, you, you know, they, they, they just, they're, they're evil. And you're not. You see, what when we hold something against another person, listen to me carefully, what are we actually doing? Standing our sins of judgment. We're, 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 we're playing God, really. We're, we're, we're not looking as pride. We're not looking at ourselves. Well, I, 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 you know, I've seen, I've seen it before. I've seen it, and, and it, it, two Christians can't. Now, sometimes you can't fellowship with people because of their actions. Okay, you must break fellowship. All of us have had things done to us that were harmful at some point in our lives. Is that not true? I mean, I live if you have. Some things were really bad. I, I, I grew up, I've mentioned this, in a broken home. I, I, I haven't seen my father but once in 40 years. Okay. There are people like me who would say, well, I have a right to be mad at Him. I have a right to not like Him. I have a right, if I ever see Him, to just tell Him off. But do you know that's wrong thinking? You know what I would do if I saw Him tomorrow? I'd throw my arms around Him and say, I love you. Because God, why? Because I have the love of Christ in me. Now, I may not know. He may hate me. I don't know. He is. But that doesn't change me. I'm a child of God. I might not be able to fellowship with Him. But I still will not 
Oh, now, if there are so many people walking around that have so much bitterness of past hurt, they can't live in the day. I'm not going to let nothing hold me back. And, and, and you know what changed me? What actually, you say, well, I'll preach you. You just probably ain't never had nothing really bad done to you. Well, you know, i got things been done to me I just won't even mention. But let me say this. I forgive. And you know why I can say that? I, I, I have seen myself in the light of His glory. And I'm not worried. And if my God can forgive me and save me, I don't care what anybody does. I can forgive them. Forgiveness and fellowship are two different things. There are some people I would never fellowship with unless I saw a change in their life. But I'm not going to hold anything on anyone. When people sin, it's sin in them sinning. They may embrace that sin. They're responsible for that sin. But we need to release those people so that we can move on. Who does unforgiveness hurt? The person we're holding it against hurts ourselves. And God is not wanting you to be held. He wants to release you. Hallelujah. He wants you to be free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, brother. Amen. We need to forgive. And, and it all works together with prayer. We have secret prayer where we well, it's just you and me, Lord. I enter into my closet. And, and I encourage everyone here to have a, a place where you can get along with God. To have a time where you and God are alone. And you spend time in His presence, number one. And then our prayer should be meaningful, not empty-headed or vain in our repetition. We should pray with and intention like Jesus did in the Lord's Prayer. And thirdly, in having proper motives, we need to have motives for self-discipline in our lives. Everybody say, oh me. This is a tough one. Pastor Jerry bruised himself over this, I'm telling you. I'm telling on me. Come on. Matthew 6, 16 and 18. Or 16, 17 and 18. Uh, Moreover, when you fast, Jesus says, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Now what's wrong with that picture? Jesus, I could have, wouldn't you have loved to have been in the audience where Jesus was teaching? I mean to me, all the Pharisees with their fancy garb and the Sadducees and the scribes, you know, walking in their pomp. You know, I, I, I had a wonderful uh, time over the snow in. Took time to record some some CDs and things and some classical music and what I did. A, a two-hour Mozart concert, and it had with it a the DVD where you could actually watch the concert as well as here. So I recorded it. And it was given uh, one of the great violinists, uh, Hilary Hahn, was playing this beautiful Mozart concerto. And in the audience, rolled, it, it, was, it was huge, huge auditorium. Down the middle, on a red 
for the throne set up was Pope uh, Benedict sitting there watching the concert. You know, and uh, it just that kind of reminded me. I just threw that in there. You know, when I when I read about Jesus speaking and teaching and all these religious, and he just blew them all. He just slapped every one of them right in there. Imagine. Now, Pope was, she's playing this beautiful concerto that is, is, is magnificent virtuosity on display. And he's like, <laughs> I guarantee you when Jesus said something like that, the scribes and Pharisees, man, they're like, what? Is it any wonder we read on that they would gather together and, how are we going to get rid of this guy? We need to kill him. He's killing us. <laughs> He's telling all our secrets. But here they were appearing to fast. You know, here he, he's appearing on his throne with like old stuff all over in his hat and his appearing to be someone very important. And Jesus says, Don't do that. Don't do that. If you're fast, you know, people be in the early days of Pentecost. Oh, brother, I've been fasting. I'm on my twentieth day. You tell everybody. Tell our five stuff. Yeah, tell everybody. You know, all the guy be over. I'm fifteen days old, man. Ain't had nothing. Just walk. How you doing, brother? Skip lunch. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I believe it or not, for a time I got caught up in that. It was funny. We had a. Uh, well, let me read on here first. Verily I say to you that they have their reward. What's their reward? Other people think they're spiritual. Bless God, John, I just finished and came off a, a 30 day fast. John being, oh, brother, that's awesome. That's my reward. John thinks I'm spiritual. That's not much of a reward, is it? If we get thanks from other men. I'm not cutting on John. He may come up and say, hey, I did 42 days, brother. That's his reward. <laughs> he said, they make an appearance to men that they're fasting. He said, verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but when you fast, so Jesus talked about fasting. Why? We deny the flesh. We're seeking after God spiritually. And that's a good way to do that. We're to do it in secret. Notice he says it a lot, doesn't he? He said, do it in secret. And your Father will reward you openly. When you pray, pray in secret. When you fast, fast in. And God will reward you both on both counts openly. Well, we want to reward ourselves, don't we? And he goes, he said, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that, we, that you appear not to men to be fasting, but only unto your Father which seeth in secret. And your Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. So don't tell everybody you fast. I'll give you a funny story. But it illustrates the same point as we close here. Somebody say, Pastor, you, you 
floated a couple times already, so this is my third landing. We'll bring the jet in on the runway, I promise. We had a pastor once who declared every year, January 1, that we were going to fast for two weeks. The church will fast for two weeks. Is this for real? This is for real. Oh, yeah. And I actually was a member of the church in good standing. And went there for like six years, so it, it, it's real. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of unconventional considering where I came from, okay? But 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 this is the background. Every year he called a fast. Now, of course, you didn't have to fast, but you better be fast. You know what I mean. Hello? So. And Brother Jerry, I'm sorry, y'all. I have a weakness. Can you all guess what my weakness might, might happen to be? Same one I got. <laughs> the same one you got? I mean, you got it. <laughs> and uh, I would try my best, man. And I go two days, three days, man. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'd be working, somebody break out a hamburger. I'm like, oh. I'm going to bring, I'll be back later. Hit the McDonald's driving. They'd be repenting. Oh, I'm sorry. Next week, you'd be like, how many is true to the fast? People would be raising their hands. I'd be like. Lord, you know that hamburger didn't count. I wouldn't count a hamburger. We The end of the second week, there'd be like 50 people. This went on for that went on every year. Four or five years later, I did the same thing. After a while, I was like, I can't do this. I ain't even going to talk to this baby. And we tried in my last year to participate, and I last a couple days. And of course, you look over at the hands that would be raised. You know, everybody saw the poop, poop. You know, first week or two, I was pretty good. Then, then, then it started getting. In, uh, first day or two, I was good. Then it started getting into the. Well, about the fifth day, I I done busted mine long ago. You know, me and Mom was in the super giant. And I. And I turned down that aisle, and my boy, the deacon, the dick head deacon, was reaching up and had a box of Twinkies in his hand. <laughs> I said, "My God, brother, I come from the I come from the ring dings, man." Hallelujah! He gave me that look like, "Don't tell, please don't tell, please don't let him know." I said, I ain't raising my hand. You still raising your hand? <laughs> motive. Motive. Amen. Motive. Why why were we doing that? Why was the why was the pastor even doing that? To be seen of men. To appear spiritual. To 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 Make some, now, is there anything wrong with someone saying, you know, I believe the Lord is telling me that you know we need to fast. I believe we should fast and seek the Lord in prayer. Is there anything wrong with that? 
Well, what's wrong is trying to put a guilt trip on somebody or, or force or coerce someone. We can say, hey, we have a financial need and, and if the Lord willing, you can help uh, give toward that need. We appreciate it. That's as far as I go. <laughs> I mean, but you know, there are others who will do all kind of I was reading a quote by a man named Indira Gandhi. How many have heard of him? He's dead. And he says, I don't like Christians. No, he says, I like Jesus Christ very much, but I don't like Christians very much. They don't act like Him. Quote. Isn't that an indictment? Yes, it is. It really is. You know, when I read the Bible here, it, it, it speaks to me. And, and, and Jesus is so real. He's so authentic. And, and He only instructs to help us to be better, to, to know God more. Yet, when we look at religion oftentimes, it, when we see bondage and yokes and things that have nothing to do with what the Lord actually said. And I look back at my life, and, I, and that was a good church, don't get me wrong. There, and there were good people. And then the gospel was preached. And, and I'm sure my faults are seen or on display, you know. Uh, but that was something that, that was in contrast to what God actually taught. And we need to, when we see that, we should make correction. Amen? Amen. But God is interested, as we can see today from our, our message, He's interested in our motives. And what we have inside. And you know, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where my motives were not right. I just had the wrong motive. I had the wrong... And and maybe you feel the same way. You think, well, you know, there's some things that, that I've been dealing with in business or, or with uh, other endeavors in life, and my motive may not be... Lord, help, help me to have your motives. That, that's my prayer. You know, when I'm not right, I want to be right. You, you know what I mean? Now, who wants to walk around with a bad spirit? I, I know I don't, you know. And, and some of these things we, we, we chuckle or we, we can laugh at, but you know, these are very real issues that we all that we all face, we all deal with. An important question we need to ask ourselves regarding the spiritual disciplines of giving, praying, and fasting is, why do I do these things? Well, I mean, at one time I did it because I was told to. But it's better to, to do those things because we want to. If we have to twist somebody's arm, that's not, that's not good. I, 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 do you like yours being twisted? I don't like mine being twisted. You know. You know. Why do we do these things? Why do we do many good things? But if we do them for the wrong reason, they lose their value and benefit to us. Amen. Here are some guidelines or questions to consider regarding the three disciplines that we just talked about here today. Number one, in giving. Why do I give to the work of the Lord? What do I hope to get out of it? 
What rewards for giving have I already received? And would I give to the church if it weren't just for a tax deduction? How can I make my giving to others easier for them to accept? Those are, are just questions we should ask ourselves in the area of giving. Secondly, in the area of praying. Why do I pray? Now this one's kind of got me a little bit. You know, I've often thought of praying as petitioning God for things that I need or want. You know, that's only a part of prayer. Praying is actually having a dialogue with God. But often for me, it's like, Lord, I need this. Lord, I want that. Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me. Sound familiar to some, maybe? Some say, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. I was, remember when I was a young father, my kids would always, every time you go buy a Coke, remember a Coke machine? No, they didn't have Coke machines anymore, do they? You can put a few quarters, I'll probably put $10 bill in there now. Get you know, they didn't have the kind you put money in, you know, bills in. They had, you know, you throw a quarter in or 50 cents and you got to. But every time we go buy a Coke, it didn't matter where it was. One of the kids got four kids, man. This happens. You know. Dad, can I get a Coke? Dad, 50 cent. Dad, I only need 50 cent. Brother, I felt like a vending machine. If you poke Dad, out pops 50 cent.
And if we have, we, we have an unforgiving attitude toward others, come on. It's going to hinder our prayer life until we make it right. It doesn't matter what anyone's done to us. Is If we do not forgive, we can forget hearing from God. It's going to hurt you. So I said, what if they did this, that, and another, and there was nothing that I had to do? Forgive them. Release them. I didn't say hang out with them and fellowship with them. Just release it. Let it go. How do you know when somebody's let it go? They don't keep rehearsing it over and over again. You know what's tough is, is for, for ladies, particularly young ladies that have had a relationship and the relationship is over and we go into another relationship and he's a great guy. Not just a great guy, he's a wonderful guy. But you know what we do? We project all of our unforgiveness from this guy onto what happens. We bust that relationship. Boom, it blows up. I don't know why I can't just have a good guy and a good relation. I hate both of them. <laughs> Call up the girlfriend. Let me tell you about how bad these guys are, man. They're just terrible. Why well, you broke up with them ten years ago? Ten years ago. You're still talking about it. What's going on? Unforgiveness. Let it go. Get over it. Because you can't move on until you get over. You can't have a relationship with another person until you get over the one you just had. One. Hello? How does that fit in with God? You can't have a relationship with God when you can't have a relationship with other people. Or, or you have unforgiveness. You know there are people we can't have relationships with. There, there really are. There's some people in my life, I just keep them out of my life. Does that mean you have unfit? No. They're just bad people. I don't, I don't need that. I forgive them. But I'm not going to let them run over me like a freight train. Sometimes you get run over. And sometimes you get run over twice. Okay, Maybe three times. You know the old three strikes here. Alright, but I'm not going to hope. Don't let anything get into your spirit that resembles unforgiveness. It will hinder your prayer life. And then fasting. How much do I fast? Why don't I fast more? What effect would fasting have on my spiritual life? What would I hope to gain from fasting? What can I do to make fasting more pleasing to the Lord? Well, just try it one time. And don't put any restraints on you. Oh, well, I have to fast at least five days, you know, to... Just fast. Fast a meal. Or fast a day. And seek the Lord. And that will tell you what it will do for you. Don't listen to anybody else. You're your own person. And let that be a guide. Motives. We all have motives. We all do what we do for a reason. And God is the one who sees us for who we really are. And He has revealed to me over the years and still reveals to me where my need changing. Amen. And let's uh, remember that if we have improper motives, may we pray, Lord, give me the proper 
molded so that I can please you. Let's stand With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.